Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. We got a doozy of a show for today. Viterra and the union representing its workers are at the bargaining table as both sides hope to reach a deal by the end of this week. The chair of Sask Wheat, meanwhile, provided some reaction to the potential strike at Viterra. And Kevin Hirsch with SaskAgToday.com breaks down how grain prices are doing now compared to a year ago. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620-CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620-CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. More than a year of negotiating hasn't produced a new deal between Viterra Canada Incorporated and the union representing its workers. As a result, the Grain and General Services Union Local 1 and 2 have issued a 72-hour strike notice to the company and could go on strike as early as this Friday at 2 p.m. if a deal isn't reached. Local 1 is the country and operation maintenance workers that operate at Viterra grain terminals around the province, and Local 2 is employees at the Viterra head office here in Regina. The union's general secretary, Steve Torgensen, says in the event of a strike, about 450 people between the two locals would be on the picket line. Viterra's last offer was rejected by members on December 15th. One of the asks from the union is fair wages. As Torgensen explains, workers are paid a salary with raises based on performance. And most folks think a collective agreement would have sort of that language in there that provides those wage increases that folks can rely on. Unfortunately, this collective agreement provides for, uh, the company calls it pay for performance, but it isn't. Two employees in the same position who score the same performance rating based on the company's scoring system uh, may not get the same wage increase. Um, and so they also look at where the person is in the wage range. So if you're higher in the wage range, then you're actually going to receive a smaller increase than someone else will. Uh, and so the company calls it pay for performance and calls it a competitive fair pay structure, but it isn't because it doesn't reward people based on their actual performance. Other asks include a better work-life balance and more respect in the workplace. Torgensen says members are putting in excessive amounts of overtime and having their schedule changed at a moment's notice. The company, unfortunately, got an exemption to uh, a recent change in the Canada Labour Code on schedules and hours of uh, scheduling and shift change. 
And that means that employees can show up to work on Wednesday and find out that on Thursday, uh, instead of working their regular uh, 7 to 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. shift, they now have to come in and work it from 10 p.m. until 10 a.m. Uh, to load rail cars. And that's not acceptable. Um, people have lives. They have things that are going on. And, uh, and, and so it's not, it's not reasonable for this to happen on a regular basis. And so it's not that it happens once or twice a year, but for a lot of folks, this is a regular occurrence that, that happens year after year, month after month, and it's too much. And it creates an unsafe and unhealthy uh, set of circumstances for the employees. And that kind of flows into the respect in the workplace. Uh, there does not seem to be value placed by the company on the efforts of, of their employees in the workplace. And this, you know, this can be most of the most of the employees come back and see this as they don't respect us. We don't see that the company is treating us as sort of, uh, you know, colleagues or people that are getting the job done together. It's more of just people to get it done and get it done as soon as possible. Uh, load those cars as soon as possible. Write those checks as soon as possible. Um, fix uh, the drags as soon as possible. And so there's, uh, there seems to be a, a, a drastic sort of uh, lack of respect of employees and the efforts that they put in uh, day in and day out at the workplace. He also says the idea of a strike negatively affecting the agriculture sector was always considered. So much so that our members have been talking to their producers at their location since this summer. And they've been talking and saying, giving them updates about how bargaining is progressing, what they're looking for at the bargaining table and why, what the concerns are. And also letting them know, hey, if there's a potential labor disruption, we want to, you know, we'll let you know, we want to work with, with you as much as possible, but keeping them in the loop. And, and honestly, what this has done is it's created quite a community of producers that are supporting uh, GSU members because the concerns that producers have about pricing and about competition um, and, and now potentially with even re- more reduced competition with the Bungie-Viterra merger, there's a lot of shared interest uh, in this because these folks live and work in the same communities, um, the producers and the folks that work at Viterra. And so they share a very strong bond about what they want their communities to look like. And and so we do take that responsibility of realizing our place in the supply chain we, we recognize that this will have a disruption in getting, uh, you know, our, our farmers' crops to, to market. And we're, we're hoping that uh, producers uh, understand why we're doing it. We hope that folks in these communities understand why we're doing it and that they support us and realize that what we're asking for is what everyone uh, is wanting, which is uh, a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. Jorgensen believes the negotiations boil down to understanding how the pay structure will be created as well as how to manage a work-life balance. Talks resume today and tomorrow, providing an opportunity for a resolution. On the other side of the break, we'll hear from Viterra's perspective. They released a statement earlier this morning, as well as a reaction to this topic. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program, and we'll begin with reaction to the ongoing negotiations between Viterra and the union. The chair of Sask Wheat, Brett Halstead, hopes Viterra and Grain and General Services Union Locals 1 and 2 can get a deal done before a strike happens. Any delays and, uh, you know, farmers being able to get their products sold into market 
isn't good, and we hope that uh, the two parties can get together, talk, and find a solution before it comes to any labor setbacks. He says where he farms near Nokomis, southeast of Saskatoon, there is a Viterra grain terminal about 30 minutes away. Steve Torgensen with the GSU has said before that uh, union members have been in communication with producers since the summer about the negotiations and the potential for strike. But when asked about it, about it rather, Halstead says that's news to him. No, I hadn't heard that before and I hadn't received any communication about that at all. Completely new to me. That's Brett Halstead with the chair of Sasquee providing that quick reaction. Meantime, the for Viterra, they released a statement. They're committed to safety in the workplace and providing its employees with, quote, competitive pay and benefits within a performance-based process. Viterra also said they have a contingency plan in place in the event of a strike to minimize disruptions to grain handling. This is the latest developments in that issue, and I'll keep track of it when more information and the latest updates become available. Elsewhere, it's no secret that this past fall and winter have been dry across the prairies. The above-normal conditions have swept right across western Canada, with some parts of Manitoba almost hitting double-digit highs this week. And Saskatchewan has been above zero or just below zero for a few weeks, if not several. A recent map put out by Agriculture Canada shows the extent of the dry conditions on the prairies, with some of the worst areas in southern Alberta between Calgary and Medicine Hat. It's also extremely dry in parts of the Northwest Territories, which were impacted by the wildfires last summer. Some weather experts say the current El Nino resembles one that hit Western Canada back in 1997. David Phillips at Environment Canada recently released his top 10 weather stories for 2023. Here's what he thinks this current El Nino will do as we move through the heart of winter. Every El Nino is different. You can't necessarily say, well, hey, it's all cookie color, cutter and it's this and that. It's going to be this and there's our prediction. No, it, it, it's a lot more than just El Nino that causes the weather. And that's maybe fortunate in a way. My sense is the winter looks like it's going to continue the way it has been. I mean, we still haven't reached to the dead of winter yet. So, um, And sometimes the moisture for farmers and the good news is that you, you don't lose your crop in November, December. I mean, only about maybe on on average, 18 to 20 percent of your annual precipitation falls from maybe October to March. So really, your your precipitation storms, your events come come later. And we know that June is typically the wettest month. So, and that's interesting because that's the time when when growers would need it. There is really no long term forecast for precipitation. It's uh, It really is a crapshoot, uh, hard to figure out on a daily basis, let alone on a seasonal basis. But I think the El Nino is coming to an end. It typically, typically means that um, there's more following El Nino. You, you often, especially if it's a La Nina, you tend to get a little bit more precipitation. And because what it does, Dean, is it shakes up the circulation. What brings precipitation? Well, you know, you don't get precipitation under a high-pressure area. When the weather's the same for, for week after week and month after month, and no precipitation can move in, it's blocked. But where you get precipitation is when there's a mixture of circulation. When you have northern air and southern air and Pacific air all kind of intertwining together. And that produces the jet stream near you and gives you uh, potentially weather. So that's what we're seeing is going to happen after we get through the El Nino. It'll return to more of that kind of a, of a circulation. 
According to the map created December 8th, more than 72% of the country was experiencing moderate to exceptional drought conditions as of November 30th. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. The net short position in canola futures was sitting near its largest levels on record to end 2023. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the United States Commodity Futures Trading Commission. As of December 26th, the net managed money short position in canola futures came in at 110,612, which was down by about 5,000 from the record large net short hit the previous week. Open interest in the canola market came in at 240,298 contracts, which was down by 9,183 on the week. At the Chicago Board of Trade, a combination of long liquidation and speculative short covering saw the net long position in soybeans increase by about 1,000 contracts at roughly 11,500. With the new year, there was scarce price movement among the lentils in Western Canada, according to Prairie Ag Hotwire. A number of lentil varieties saw the upper end of their price range hit highs as 2023 drew to a close. The layered ones and twos topped off at 73 cents per pound, which gained one cent during December. The layered threes and X threes held at 63 and a half cents a pound on their high ends. Estin lentils also remained unchanged during the holiday week. It was pretty much the same for the Richley lentils, with the number ones and twos remaining at 70 cents per pound, while the X3 stayed at its high of 60 and a half cents per pound. Movement in the Crimsons was an exception. While not budging on the week, the high ends for one and twos held at 37 and a half cents a pound, two and a half cents below their top end of 2023. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 97% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 21, a modest decline from the 99% order fulfillment performance seen in Week 20. The slight decline in performance reflects minor declines in performance for each of CN and CPKC. In supplying 98% of cars ordered by shippers in week 21, CN saw performance dip slightly from the 99% order fulfillment performance they posted in week 20. CN performance remains above the 90% performance threshold for the third consecutive week and the fifth time in the last six weeks. CPKC performance also declined slightly, with the railway supplying 97% of shipper orders in week 21, modestly lower than the 99% order fulfillment performance posted in week 20. CPKC performance remains above the 90% threshold for the 10th consecutive week. Warmer than normal temperatures are expected across all of Canada through the winter months, 
with average precipitation for most of the agricultural areas of the prairies. That's according to the latest long-range seasonal forecast from Environment and Climate Change Canada, released December 31st. They called for a 50 to 60 percent chance of above normal temperatures from January through March across most of the country, with an even greater chance in the Atlantic provinces, parts of northern Ontario around Lake Superior, and eastern Quebec. Looking ahead to the spring, the four to six month forecast for April, May, June also predicts a high probability of above normal temperatures in the spring. Precipitation is expected to be normal across most of Canada through the winter months, with a wetter bias in Labrador and a small pocket of northern Saskatchewan. Lorne Hepworth, former Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister and current chair of the Agriculture Research Institute of Ontario, has been named a member of the Order of Canada. Hepworth was among 78 appointments announced by Governor-General Mary Simon in late December. The London, Ontario resident was recognized for his contributions to agriculture and research, which have propelled the sector to new heights, according to Simon's office. He was a farmer and veterinarian in Saskatchewan before entering provincial politics during Premier Grant Devine's progressive conservative governments, where he served in several portfolios until 1991. After his political career, Hepworth moved to Ontario and began working with the Crop Protection Institute and Canadian Agri-Group of Companies. He was instrumental in the formation of CropLife Canada and retired as its chief executive officer and president in 2014 after 17 years. He was appointed to the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame that year. And that's today's AgriView. I'm Doug Falcon. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Now with the precision weather forecast, here's Phil Spivak. Well, some more quiet weather and more mild temperatures in store for us for a few more days. There is a chance for some snow. And in fact, looking about a week out, a much cooler pattern is finally going to be settling in. But uh, I mean, we still have a week to enjoy this. Uh, we're in and out of the cloud cover for today up to around minus 6. The wind occasionally up, mostly in the 10 to 20 range through the afternoon, picking up just a bit tonight and settling back down through the day tomorrow. Minus 13 is the low, a minus 2 the high tomorrow. That's that southerly wind drawing warmer air, but then we drop off a little bit as the wind goes back into the west-northwest. It's not, though, a solid area of high pressure building in and a cold air mass. It's just one of these transitions. We'll actually transition into a pretty stable but above-average pattern from there to close out the week after a little bit of light snow comes in for Friday. Likely Friday evening, Friday night, could be 2 or 3 centimeters. Temperature minus 6 through the day. Minus 5 as we clear back out on Saturday. And minus 9, another round of light snow. Each of these Little light snow systems producing a couple of centimeters, nothing too heavy, but uh, we'll stay close to normal, maybe just above and then just below through midweek, and then that cold air we're watching for Friday toward next weekend. Thank you very much, Phil. The normal highs and lows for this time of year have been relatively the same over the last few days, if not few weeks. Normal highs minus 11, lows minus 23. 
Sun rose at 8.59 this morning, and the sun will set at around 5.08 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province in Saskatoon, Swift Current and Assiniboia, minus 8. Yorkton, Melville, Estevan and Weyburn, minus 10. And Mooseman, minus 11 degrees. The warm-ish spot in the province is in Maple Creek at minus 2.3. Cold spot up in Uranium City at minus 17.7 degrees. In Regina, it's a mainly sunny sky, southeast wind at 12, humidity at 77%, temperature minus 10 or 14 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 102.8 and falling. Moose Jaw, mainly sunny, southeast wind at 9 kilometers an hour, the temperature minus 8. Again in Regina, mainly sunny, southeast wind at 12, temperature minus 10 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougallAuction.com. And Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. With a few notable exceptions, most grains, oil seeds, and specialty crops are seeing lower prices than one year ago. Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com, highlights the price changes over the past 12 months. Cash prices for canola started 2023 in the $800 a ton range. There were ups and downs through the year, but overall prices ratcheted lower, ending the year barely above $600 a ton. That's a move from the $18 a bushel range down to around $14 a bushel. Depending upon the published prices you use, the drop in spring wheat prices from January to January has been 80 to $100 a ton, with current price quotes under $9 a bushel. On Durham, the drought in western Saskatchewan and southern Alberta caused prices to rise in the late summer, but prices came back down in the last few months of the year following unexpectedly large Durham exports from Turkey. Durham is currently a bit over $12 a bushel, somewhat lower than last year at this time. Feed barley saw a major price slide through the summer. China resumed barley purchases from Australia, cutting into Canadian exports. On top of that, American corn flowed into Western Canada, cutting into the domestic market. The year-over-year slide in feed barley prices is about $100 a ton. Depending upon location, feed barley is currently around $5.50 a bushel. Flax prices are down about $100 a ton over the year, but a few commodities have seen stable or improved prices. 2CW oats are about $40 a ton higher. The removal of import restrictions by India caused yellow pea prices to increase to levels similar to January of last year. 9mm Kabuli chickpeas are also very similar in price to a year ago, while lentil values have improved. At around 36 cents a pound, red lentils are a couple cents better than a year ago. Large green lentils have improved dramatically, going from around 50 cents a pound a year ago to around 70 cents now. For Saskag Today, I'm Kevin Hirsch. 
You're listening to SASGAG today on 620 CKRM. Up next, we'll have a feature on cybersecurity in the agriculture sector. You're tuned in to SASGAG today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of SASGAG today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineer-tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Farms and other agriculturally-based businesses are being encouraged to beef up their cybersecurity measures as online hackers become more sophisticated. Attacks can come from foreign nations such as China or North Korea or from somewhere much closer, a former disgruntled employee, for example. The general manager of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, Kathy Lennon, says even smaller operations can be a target. There is an example reported in Ontario in 2023 where a hacker broke into a small Ontario hog farm, took control of and locked them out of their uh, business systems on the farm, as well as uh, threatening them that they would uh, require a false confession about the treatment of their livestock in order to get access back to their information. Research from the University of Guelph suggests agriculture is behind the curve when it comes to implementing best practices to prevent cybersecurity problems. Secure and unique passwords top the list, but Lennon says there are other measures as well. The biggest way that folks get in, inside your business system, whether it's your phone or your computer or your network applications in your barn or equipment, is through some sort of trickery, finding access to your usernames and passwords that allow them to get inside. So that is often done by the way of a phone call or an email or a text message or sending a link to you that you click on and then that gives them access because you have visited their website and they've gotten inside that way. Other tips include always making the necessary updates and backing up your system is also essential. The largest known computer hack into a Canadian agricultural business occurred in 2021. The JBS plant in Brooks, Alberta was compromised, and Lennon says it was reported that the company paid $13 million in ransom to get their business operations and information back. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Canola is down 60 cents at 602.92, and number one red spring wheat is down 27 cents at 317.03. The rest were unchanged. Durham 446.92, feed barley 257.58, chickpeas 1168.44. Flax 631.04, lentils 779.50, oats 290.32, yellow peas 464.54, and feed wheat 246.18. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down three and a half cents at seven dollars and eleven and a half cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now, here are the livestock quotes. 
This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 2nd. Our last regular sale is on December 20th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.15 to $1.35. D3 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.15. Counter cows sold from $0.75 cents to $0.95. Cents. Heiferettes sold from $1.80 to $2.20. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.35 to $1.55. There hasn't been any steers or heifers selling over the holidays, but they are still selling well. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting. Happy New Year's and all the best in 2024. The latest pork prices are at $162.17, down about $0.92 from yesterday's price. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. The European Union has imposed sanctions on the world's biggest diamond mining company, La Rosa, and its chief executive officer. Al Rosa accounts for about 90% of Russia's diamond production. The EU says it's targeting the company as part of its unwavering commitment to Ukraine and the war against Russia. The sanctions mean Al Rosa's assets in Europe will be frozen and EU citizens and companies will be barred from making funds available to the company. On the markets, the TSX is down 66 points at 20,805. The Dow is down 238 points to 37,476. Oil is up $1.98 at $72.36 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74.90 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Sask Egg Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's going to do it for today's edition of Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.